Get this full audiobook for free by clicking now the link in the description. It's brought to you by the book guide. I am also Chinese, and whether by design or not, these stories will inevitably have a strong Chinese flavor, imbued with the culture, history, and present reality of China. In creating sci-fi, I always try hard to imagine and describe the relationship between the great and the small. The small refers here to human smallness. As individuals, we are small indeed, and collectively, humanity is small too. Imagine a concert attended by all of humanity. How big a venue would you need? Not as big as I'd imagined. A space about as large as Shanghai's Pudong district would suffice. Here's another perverse thought experiment. If you were to make a meatball out of humankind, its diameter would be less than a kilometer. The great refers, of course, to the universe. Every person has a deep sense of its enormity. The most distant light we see was sent out over ten billion years ago. If you shrank the solar system to the size of a dinner plate, the diameter of a correspondingly shrunken Milky Way would still be 100,000 kilometers. In my sci-fi, I challenge myself to imagine the relationship between small people and the great universe, not in the metaphysical sense of philosophy, nor as when someone looks up at the starry sky and feels such sentiment and pathos that their views on human life and the universe change. Stories about such relationships between people and the universe are not science fiction, they are realism. In my sci-fi, I work to imagine the direct, tangible relationship between people and the universe. In this relationship, the evolution and metamorphoses of the universe are inseparable from human life and human fate. It's very difficult work, and it's the greatest challenge I face when writing science fiction. Common sense tells us that there is no such relationship. Whether the universe is expanding or contracting, or whether a star ten billion light-years away has gone supernova, truly has nothing to do with the mundane, insignificant events of my life. Yet I firmly believe that there is a relationship between humanity and the universe. When it was born, the universe was smaller than an atom, and everything within it was intermixed as a single whole. The natural connection between the universe's small parts and its great entirety was thus determined. Though the universe has expanded to whatever its current size, this connection still exists. And if we can't see it now, that doesn't mean we won't be able to in the future. I work hard to imagine all sorts of possibilities in the relationship between people and the universe, and I try to turn what I imagine into thrilling fiction. This anthology, just as its title suggests, contains a portion of my efforts. Thank you all. The Village Teacher Translated by Adam Lamphere He knew he'd have to teach his final lesson early. He felt another shot of pain in his liver, so strong he almost fainted. He didn't have the strength to get out of bed, and with great difficulty, he pulled himself closer to the bedside window, whose paper panes glowed in the moonlight. The little window looked like a doorway leading into another world, one where everything shone with silver light, 
a diorama of silver and frostless snow. He shakily lifted his head and looked out through a hole in the paper window, and his fantasy of a silver world receded. He found himself looking into the distance, at the village where he had spent his life. The village lay serenely in the moonlight, and it looked as if it had been abandoned for a hundred years. The small flat-roofed houses were almost indistinguishable from the mounds of soil surrounding them. In the muted colors of moonlight, it was as if the entire place had dissolved back into the hills. Only the old locust tree could be seen clearly, a few black crow's nests scattered among its withered branches, like stark drops of black ink on a silver page. The village had its good times, like the harvest. When young men and women who had left the village in droves to find work came back, and the place was bustling and full of laughter. Ears of corn glistened on the rooftops, and children did somersaults in the piles of stalks on the floor of the threshing ground. The spring festival was another cheerful time.